Thank you.
Wasn't that wonderful? I feel like I've been given a huge task this afternoon, not just preaching this service, but keeping a bunch of Baptists awake after two o'clock after y'all had your bellies full. But it has been a good day in the Lord. It has been a good day in the Lord, and this has been a sweet, sweet service. Uh, and I'm so thankful to have this honor. Um, Brother Allen, to God be all the honor and all the glory. But I want to thank you for submitting yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here, because Brother Allen has submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I want you to look in Acts chapter 6. I won't keep you very long. I'm going to try to keep you all awake if possible. It's going to be tough this afternoon, but I got a few points and we're going to be done. I want to talk to you about the ministry of a deacon. And as we went through this uh, process with Brother Allen, I've preached uh, about the qualifications of a deacon. We have looked at this as a church. Uh, and I have stated this, and I want to state this again. This deaconship is a title, okay? Uh, Brother Allen has already been doing the work. And understand the qualifications that is given for being a deacon, I believe should be followed by everybody in this local church. I believe every one of us ought to strive uh, to keep every one of these things. I believe these things are given to us uh, to set a standard, uh, a way to live by, uh, a, a way to set a witness in our, in our community. Uh, Brother Allen, we're not asking you to do anything that we shouldn't be doing ourselves. And understand that it's all of our responsibility to live by these qualifications. And this is what I think a deacon is is if Promised Land Church, and I'm going to say we have a good core group of 100, maybe a little more than that, and who knows what shows up on Sunday. But I believe this, and this is what I think a deacon is. If there's anybody that's going to be there to serve, it ought to be Alan Whited. And I think when you take this title, if you will, and you get into this ministry, I believe it brings a little higher responsibility. Because one day you're going to stand before Jehovah God, a holy God, and he's going to say, Alan, I made you a deacon in Promised Land Church. And you will stand accountable. And if there's anybody that is willing to stand for the truth in Promised Land Church, it ought to be these deacons. If there's anybody willing to serve in the well-being of this church, it ought to be the deacons of this church. If anybody rises up to serve, it ought to be the deacons. Amen, church? That is biblical. It's there. This is why we have this office. There's two offices that God placed in the local New Testament church, the office of pastor and the office of deacon. These offices, I, I, I want you to know this, that I praise the Lord for putting me where he has. It is a great honor to serve in the place that he has called me to serve. And in the place that he has called us to serve pastors and deacons, understand that God needs to get the honor and glory from everything we do. And it's all to edify him 
and the local New Testament church. I want to look at the first deacon here in Acts chapter 6. And I want to start in verse 3. And the Bible says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, to the ministry of the word. And saying, and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch whom they sent before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. That's what we're doing here today, Brother Allen, is we have laid our hands on you to commission you to the work that God has called you to. It says in verse 7, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Notice this, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. I want you to look in chapter 7, in verse 54. Stephen was, if you will, arrested, taken, uh, and he was questioned. Uh, he was out preaching the gospel. Stephen, the first deacon of the church, was persecuted for his faith in the Lord. And if there was ever a deacon to look up to, Stephen would be that deacon to look up to. I believe that is... Uh, Certainly a great standard to live by. Notice what it said in verse 54. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. These are, these are the things that he was preaching to them. They were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Aren't you glad he's there today? And when they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, open our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk to you about the ministry of a deacon. Number one, it is a ministry of submission. I want you to look back in chapter 6. I want you to look back in chapter 6. It says here in verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and of wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business. So I want you to look in verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. I want you to go down in verse 15. I believe this verse is amazing. It said, And all that sat in the council looked steadfastly on him, meaning Stephen, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Understand the ministry of a deacon. It is a ministry of submission. I want you to look at Stephen and what set him apart. And what set this man apart is Stephen, first off, was submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
Christ was the preeminence of Stephen's life. Christ was the first in all that Stephen did. This man was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Ghost. He was so full of God that when people saw him, they saw God through him. I thought verse 15 was very interesting. You must be living pretty close to the Lord when you get a description said like this about you. And even the first church there, uh, seeing the faith of this man, they seen uh, the hope that was in this man to the point that they wanted to call him out and make him a deacon. I want you to know that this man was sum- submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I believe in order to be a successful deacon, Christian, or pastor, you must be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that it's a blessing to call Him Savior. But it's even more of a blessing to call Him Lord. And I want you to know that there is a difference. And I know that many of us can call Him Savior, but sometimes not all of us can call Him Lord. And I believe that a deacon of the local New Testament church should be in that place spiritually where he is continuously calling Jesus the Lord of his life. It must be a man submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Number two, he must be submitted to the authority of the local church. Notice this, God raised these men up. But who appointed them? The local church. God led these men, led this church to call on these men full of the Holy Ghost. And this church asked them to go tend to the tables. They asked them to go do these things. But in order for these men to be successful in their ministry, not only did they have to submit to the Lordship of Christ, but they had to submit to the authority of the church. If you're going to help your church, you've got to listen to your church. You've got to listen to what the church is saying. You've got to understand that Christ is working through the church. And we are here today because the Lord laid it on this church's heart to ask this man to be a deacon. This is a sign that you are submitting to the authority of the local church. You didn't have to say yes. And, but we said God has laid it on our hearts. And you submitted to what the Lord laid on our hearts. You submitted yourself to the local New Testament church. These men went out every day doing what the church had asked them to do. Every day they were unselfish. They went about tending to the needs of the people in the church. You must submit to the authority of the local church. Number one, to Jesus. Number two, to the church. Amen. His submission was clearly seen in his life. He didn't just talk about submission. He walked in it every single day. He submitted himself to Jesus. When people looked on him, they saw a man of faith. They saw a man full of the Holy Ghost, consecrated to the work of Jesus Christ. I pray that when everybody lays their eyes on you, Brother Allen, that they see a man dedicated to Jesus Christ, dedicated, sold out, that if there's anybody that's going to stand up in this lost and dying world and make a stand for right or wrong, that it's Allen Whited. And I pray by God's grace would stand with him, amen, that we would all stand, that we are submitted to the Lordship of Christ, and that we are walking and living how God wants us to, that people can see God through us. Notice verse 15. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been a face of an angel. Man, you must be living right when something like that is said, amen. 
Not only is it a ministry of submission, but it is a ministry of sacrifice. I want you to look in verse 2. It says, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, said, It is not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Verse 1, it says, uh, And in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So these men were called up because the tables needed to be served. I want you to understand that if you're going to be the deacon God's called you to be, it's going to be a ministry of sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to be selfless. You're going to have to go serve the needs of the people. Understand that the picture of a deacon in the modern church today is the picture of the board of directors. That is not what the the early church had. That is not the motto of the deacon of the early church. Understand that the ministry of the deacon in the early church was a ministry of sacrifice. These were men that were willing to go serve. When nobody else was willing to make a stand, it was the deacons. When nobody else was willing to go handle the widows and handle the things of the church, it was the deacons. It was the deacons that have gone and served. Understand if you're going to serve and serve right, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to give a little bit. You're going to have to live a selfless life. Serving tables. Serving the widows. Witnessing. Teaching the truth. This is what a deacon is supposed to do. These are your responsibilities. Understand that anybody can carry the title of a deacon. But may I say there's not a lot of Stevens. There's not a lot of Stevens that sell out to the work. May I tell you this is a ministry. And you must give your life to that ministry God has called you to. Stephen gave his life to his work. Stephen gave his life to his calling. He gave his life for his Lord. And he gave his life to that local New Testament church. He was completely selfless. He committed and submitted himself to them. And he sacrificed so that the the good of the church can come from him sacrificing in his life. Now I want you to look in chapter 7. Not only is it a ministry of sacrifice, but it's a ministry of satisfaction. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 54, And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, you better stay full of the Holy Spirit of God, Brother Allen. If you're going to do justice in the ministry God has called you to, you better stay full of the Holy Spirit. Because there's going to be times that you're going to need Him. Child of God, you better stay full of the Holy Spirit of God. You better stay full of the Holy Spirit. Because there's going to be times that you need Him. This was not a preacher. This was a deacon that was preaching. He was preaching the gospel message. And it said that when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. This world does not like what God has called us to do. Brother Michael, there was a day about six years ago at Caraway Funeral Home in Huntington, Texas. I preached a service there. You know exactly where that's at. I was preaching a service there, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was coming out of Lufkin, and about three miles before you get there, there's a bar there on on the left. And the man that I was preaching the funeral for owned that bar. Some of his family was in my church. 
I knew what kind of environment I was fixing to go into. And when I went by this bar, there was cars lined down the highway. And they went and drank one for him before they came to the service. And they were there drinking and getting drunk. And there was no telling how many motorcycles, how many of all of this was. And, and so we got up there and we got to the service and man, it was rough. There was one other saved family in that whole service. There was 150, 200 people there. And as I got up there, I'll never forget preaching the gospel. And there was a, not a fear, but just a overwhelming feeling that I was not welcome in that place. The Lord was not welcome in that place. And that I was preaching to a lot of people that did not want to listen to what I had to say. I've never felt the presence of the devil so strong in my life. I've never seen the worldly people get so mad like they did. I could hear them talking back and forth. I could hear cursing while I was preaching of them talking about what I was saying. And I was standing up there at the pulpit and there's a side door right there. And at the tail end of my sermon, there was an Angelina sheriff's deputy that walked in the door and stood right there beside me. There's an Angelina deputy come in this door and come in this door in the back. I thought, Lord, have mercy. What is going on here? I said, well, I'm going to keep on preaching. And I preached and I preached and I preached. And when I see this verse in verse 54, and when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. They were so mad at the message that this man said that they were so angry, they were gnashing on him. They were so angry, they were stirred up. They wanted to kill this man and eventually did kill this man because they hated what this man stood for. They didn't hate this man, but they hated the Christ that he lived for. And I'll never forget that feeling when people come by and they cuss me up there. I'll never forget that feeling when they come by and they said, you're not wanted here, preacher. And that Angelina deputy said, preacher, let's get to the truck right now. I'm going to walk you to your truck and I'm going to get you to Lufkin and get you out of here. I've never felt a feeling like it in all of my life. I cried all the way back to Wales. I've never in my life experienced anything like it. But I got home, and I pulled in the driveway, and I began to pray. And this feeling came over my heart. Josh, you did what I called you to do. And it hurt, but there was a fulfillment and a satisfaction that came to me that I've never felt before. I want you to know that your ministry ought to be a satisfied ministry. That it ought to satisfy your soul. There's going to be some days you're going to have to pull your sleeves up and get dirty. There's going to be some days that you're going to make people mad. There's going to be some days that people may not want you around. They don't want to listen to what you have to say. But I want you to know that this is a ministry of satisfaction. Notice what it said in verse 55. But he being full of the Holy Ghost. And this is where it's fulfilling, Brother Allen. You stay full of the Holy Spirit. God's going to bless you for your work. What good can come from this? How is this satisfying? He looked up into heaven. And he saw the glory of God. <laughs> God said, I'm going to honor you, Stephen. And I'm going to let heaven open so you can see me. And Stephen got to see the glory of God that day. 
You want to talk about satisfying. You want, you want to talk about satisfying your soul. He got to see the glory of God. And if, if you keep reading, you learn there was somebody standing there beside him. And that let us know that Jesus wasn't in the grave anymore. Jesus was standing at the right hand of the throne of God. You won't talk about satisfying. He got to see God, but he got to see Jesus. Man, one of the greatest things about going to heaven, yes, I get to see family. But praise God, I get to see Jesus, the one who died for me, the one who rose again for me. And there he was. He got to see the face of Christ in the midst of suffering, in the midst of sacrifice. He received the satisfaction because he got to see Jesus. He got to see Jesus. Man, that's fulfilling right there. You keep serving the Lord. God's going to give you that satisfaction. He'll give you everything you need. And there's times you're going to, you're going to scratch that head. I was going to say pull your hair out, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Thinking, what are we doing? Brother Allen, it's worth it. It's worth it. Deacons, it's worth it. Church member, it's worth it. What we're doing here is worth it. Living this life is worth it. Aren't you glad of the satisfaction? He got to see Jesus in his person. He got to see him in his position. And he got to see him in his power. Notice verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses lay down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Not only is it a ministry of satisfaction, but it's a ministry of salvation. The ministry of Jesus that Stephen had for the love of Jesus and serving the Lord did not bring salvation to the life of Stephen, but it brought salvation to the life of others. When you serve the way that God has called you to serve, other people will be saved from your testimony and witness. Brother Allen, that's what it's all about. Church, that's what it's all about. Seeing other folks get saved. Now we're going to praise God right here. Notice what it says in verse 15. Cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. The sorriest, filthiest person in all the country who hated Christ and hated Christians more than anybody. Saul was right there. And he was in charge of this. He was leading this out. But may I tell you today that he heard the gospel that day. And the seed was planted upon his heart. May I tell you that Stephen preached the very sermon that led to the salvation of the Apostle Paul. May I tell you when you think it's not worth it, it's worth it. Because when you look around, you realize that fruit is coming in your life and people are being saved and people are, are, are going to receive the things that you're preaching and giving. Understand, you may not see it all in one day. You may not see it this year. It may take a few years down the road. Hey, Stephen never got to see what Saul became. Amen? But God knew what he was doing. And there that day, this young man was sitting there, and he witnessed this, and he let out in this, but he heard the message of Jesus Christ. And this man got saved. 
You say, oh, poor Stephen. Did y'all read the same scripture I read? He got to see Jesus. <laughs> Notice what it said in verse 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. This is unreal. I don't know how. <laughs> but he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Full of faith. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of wisdom. This man served. He did what I don't know if I could do. But what a man. What a man. You know what I see from this man? He loved Jesus. And you know what? We got to see that Jesus is still there because of his faithful ministry. We got to see, we got a glimpse into, into heaven today because this man was faithful. Brother Allen, you stay faithful and people's going to see Jesus through you. You stay faithful to it. There's going to be times that this church may not like the things that you do or the decisions you have to make. But if they're in accordance with this and they're in accordance with the Holy Spirit of God, I'm going to stand with you. And I can tell you these other six, seven deacons are going to stand with you too. And we're going to stand together in this fight. You're not my enemy. And I'm not yours. Deacons, y'all stand up. Church, these men are not your enemy. They're servants of this church. They're not your enemy. The devil is our enemy. The devil is our enemy. You pray for these men. You pray for them on a daily basis. Brother Allen, you're a deacon now. You stand up too. <laughs> you stand up too. These men are not your enemy. They're here to help you, to serve you, to serve your families. You pray for them. You be there for them. Deacons, y'all be there for them. Y'all serve them. Y'all love on them. What a responsibility God gave us. Church, y'all stand. Listen. The enemies, the devil. We're in this together. Brother Allen, I hope and pray hundreds and thousands of souls are saved because of your testimony. People, God's not done with promised land. And He's going to keep blessing this church. And souls are going to keep on being saved. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on doing. We're going to hit some bumps in the roads. But because we're full of the Holy Spirit of God, we're going to use the right wisdom. We're going to get through it. And we're going to keep praising God together. We're a family here. Amen. Brother Allen, you're part of a family. When I talked to Brother Allen the first time, myself and Brother Jeff went and talked to him. Brother Allen has traveled all over with his job. And when we talked to him, he was in tears. I've never met a more humble man than Brother Allen Whited. And I said, Brother Allen, I understand that you have a job that has moved you all over the place. What's your plans? He said, my plan is to make this home as long as I can. He said, I love this church. 
And not just this church, but this community. God has called them here. And God is using them in a mighty way. And Brother Allen, whether he moves you five years down the road or you're here till you die, to him be the honor and glory. I love you. And this church stands with you today. And we love you and your family. And it's an honor for us to get to witness y'all's life and testimony. Miss Dana, you stand with your husband. You serve with him. And you keep smiling. You got the prettiest smile in the world. Lorna, trapper, tracker, can't get it out. Tracker, I'll get it out in a minute. It took me a minute. Y'all follow your mom and daddy. Y'all keep serving the Lord. Give God all the honor and all the glory. I pray a hedge about this family. I pray a hedge about them today.